ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom. To all who come to this happy place, welcome to Uncovering Disney Magic. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my wife, Rachel. She's a travel agent with the company Small World Big Fun, where they make big fun easy. She specializes in Disney destinations all around the world. Together, we have a combined 50-plus trips to Disney destinations. So now we invite you to sit back, relax, and let us help you uncover the magic. Welcome back to episode 26 of Uncovering Disney Magic. I'm Rachel, here with my husband, Zach. Happy birthday! It's no one's birthday. It's our anniversary, it's, I guess. There we go, that works too. Uh, yeah, so this is episode 26, and this is a bi-weekly podcast, which means that we've been doing this for a whole year, which is pretty wild. I guess it doesn't seem like it's been a year, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so we're super excited that this episode... Uh, is a bunch of things from the D23 Expo. Last week we did our predictions, and this week we're going to tell you how wrong we were, basically. Some of them. <laughs> Mostly me. And uh, then we're going to give a quick trip recap. We went to Disney for... Three days. Three Was it three full days? Yeah. Wow. It's a long trip. For <laughs> we, us, yeah. Yeah, we went for three full days, and we did four new things, so we're super excited to share all of that feedback with you. So, do you have anything you'd like to add before no, we No, let's, let's get in? into it. There's not very many announcements, parks-wise, besides the stuff we're about to tell you. Besides but... all the things we're about to tell you about right now. All right, so if you listened to last week's episode, you will notice that we did all of our predictions from the D23 Expo and what we're what we thought were going to be announced at the expo. And I was wrong. (laughs) I got one of six. And you got two of five, three of six, because about ten minutes before the presentation started, I got my notebook out to start making notes, and Zach threw in a a sixth pick. So, um, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, but whatever. Hey, it upped my uh, percentage. Right, great. From... An F to a higher F. It's fine. Great. Take I mean, you can get. coming from the person that went on one of five. So I guess we should start with what we thought there was going to be an announcement on August 22nd that was supposed to be a huge, super mega, big secret company project. And we let were both down. wrong. We were it's let not down. A let down. I was let down. You were let down. He was sitting there. It, it was what, like nine o'clock? And I we was just sitting there refreshing. Dinner, and he's like, they didn't announce anything. Nobody announced anything. This is ridiculous. So tell them what it is. All right. So Disney came up with the great super secret uh, company project to announce that they are going to be releasing a new book and new documentary called One Day at Disney, which is a story of the day-to-day lives of cast members. Now, in theory... That could be really cool. Oh, and it's only going to be on Disney Plus. Right. The documentary will be on Disney Plus, And then I believe the 
the book was they they offered pre-sales at the expo the book? but yeah there's a book as well oh. and they have not released to the general public when they're going to be starting pre-sales for that but so it i, I guess it should be interesting um there's it there's just a lot of heat often with the way that cast members are treated and paid and all that kind of stuff. So, well, I personally, like, it, it's really interesting to me to see all of the people that are like, oh, I had this negative interaction with cast member and I had this negative interaction. Like, I've never had anything but really pleasant experiences with cast members. I mean, so I, I don't really know. But... Well, I, I'll be interested to see how in-depth they get with this. Like, is it... Is it from, do they start the documentary of, hey, we're in the park and we're in the Utilidors at Magic Kingdom? Or is it like, hey, we're getting on the bus from our apartment complex that we live with four other people and yeah. we're on our way to the parks and getting dropped off and we're riding the bus in our full uniform or costume, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how in-depth they do get. Sure. So, that technically came out before D23 started. So, I guess now would be a good time to mention that D23 was pretty guarded this year. Um, There are probably, gosh, 10 presentations? Yep. Like, actual legitimate presentations that people wanted to watch uh, if you weren't in Anaheim, which is where it took place. Um, But they only live-streamed, like... Five? I think there were five, and it was and five to, of the. It was the second. five. It was the five. Like if you ranked the presentations yeah. from one to ten, or panels, I think they it called was them. Tier two. It was five through ten. <laughs> like it was not, or six through ten. It wasn't. They they weren't the ones that people wanted to watch, and maybe that's why they did it. Because it's like, well, if you're gonna watch anything, maybe you'll watch those. I don't know. However, I felt like I was at a serious disadvantage because if I can't sit and listen to you talk about it, I don't follow blogs very much. I know that you do, but I don't sit on Twitter and yeah, you don't read want to along have to and all keep, that kind of stuff. Like I just, refresh. I want to be able to sit there and just listen to what you're saying. So I feel like I missed a lot of the information about Disney Plus, which is the streaming service that they're going to offer. Do you want to throw anything in there about that or not really? No, I know they started a pre-sale. It may have started actually yesterday or so. But they started to release um, different shows and movies that are going to be... And like schedules. Exclusive to Disney+. Plus. So like I know there's going to be a new Star Wars... um, What do you want to call it? A a series. A TV series. series. And then I'm I'm not sure if Lady and the Tramp is going to be... A Disney Plus only thing, but I know that was announced during it, so yeah. they didn't the really live say. One? Right. I don't know. It the whole thing was very strange. I felt like I missed a lot, and I yeah. felt like I didn't. I didn't really get to follow along with what was going on throughout the weekend. Fortunately, it's, good we thing, had so, yeah, it's we a had, good thing that you have this on recording because yep. I probably would not ever admit it. The lovely uh, owner, president. CEO, CEO, head of hero. whatever, uh, Walt Disney World News Today, Tom Corliss. We we have a tendency sometimes. I I don't disagree with his message. I sometimes disagree with his delivery. However, he went out and kind of pretty much broke the rules yep. of no live streaming um, presentations or panels, and he live streamed to Periscope. Yeah, it was th- well, the, he did it through Twitter. 
in, but it was Periscope if it right. was on your phone. Right. Um, the Parks and Resorts presentation, which was the big one that we made all of our predictions for on Sunday, which is actually Sunday afternoon because my genius self saw 10.30 a.m. and thought that was Eastern time, not remembering that they were in Anaheim, so it was really 1.30 our time, but that's fine. So with that being said, we were able to watch it, and I was super pumped because I, I was kind of bummed out that we weren't going to get to watch and we were just going to have to keep refreshing the Facebook page or whatever to see what they were saying, but to be able to, to watch it live and all that kind of stuff was really cool, so shout out to Tom. He's cool, cool dude for that. Um, so we're gonna, we're just gonna kind of do a general overview because a lot of the things that they talked about, we already knew. Right, and it, it's it's interesting. It was weird. So it somebody made a good point. I can't remember who I was listening to, but made the made the comment where it wasn't a whole bunch of new things. It was it was a Disney Parks and Resorts update show. update show where a lot of the stuff that they announced. We already knew was happening, but they just released more details about. Uh, we're whenever we get into more of the details, we're, we're mostly going to talk about everything that's happening in happening in North America, so Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, so we're that's not going definitely all we're talking right. About. We're not going to mention. <laughs> so so the the panel was an hour and a half long. Oh, no, it was and, longer than that. It was scheduled for an hour and a half, but it ran two hours. Okay, well, so they. They made a bunch of announcements about Shanghai and Paris and Hong Kong, and I don't think they made any Tokyo announcements. But we're going to stick with just the Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and then we'll uh, sprinkle in a Disney Cruise Line announcement that they made. So I guess the first thing that we can talk about is over uh, in Anaheim, so at Disneyland, they announced two different things, two main things. The first is the new parade that is coming to Disneyland, uh, I believe. I don't know if they said that's going to be a nighttime or a daytime parade. Magic happens. Magic happens, but I, I don't know if they truly said if it's a nighttime or daytime parade. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of new floats. I know they were highlighting. Was it Moana? I know there was definitely. Um, Moana was in there. But there's definitely a. Oh, who's the the music movie that just came out? That we watched with Disney. It's the Spanish themed, or I wouldn't say Coco? it was Coco. Yeah, there's a Coco float in there as well. So yeah, that's pretty neat. But the the main thing that they announced for Disneyland is the the new land that is going to be coming. I believe they said in 2021, maybe the first the first um, portion of it's going to be coming out, and that will be the Avengers Campus. So that was one of my predictions that they would release some more information about this. And really what they told us is there's going to be one major e-ticket attraction to start with, which will be a Spider-Man attraction where you'll be going through, I don't know if it's trackless or we'll be on which a track. seriously, when he said it, it sounded like a type or a, like a, not a typo, kind of a typo because he was reading off a teleprompter, but... It was one of those things where, like, he starts talking about Spider-Man, and everybody's kind of looking around, like, "Hey, remember that one time that you don't own Spider-Man anymore?" Right, that's <laughs> just bad confused. timing. But no, th- this ride's supposed to be somewhat consider or somewhat close to the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, where you're going like, to be going at through. At least how we're envisioning it. Right, and you're shooting webs at targets instead of lasers. Also, in this land, they're going to be having a bar and restaurant, which will be themed after Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
And then of course there's going to be uh, other shopping areas. But the other interesting thing that they mentioned in this segment is that there's it's going to be opening in two segments, kind of like how Star Wars Land is. Which and that I was don't all segment one. Which I don't know why they would do this. I hate it. But they're going to be opening a second e-ticket attraction that they didn't release much details on. All that they said was it's going to be something exclusive to Disneyland and Disney. And it's something that... You've never n- seen before. Right. So that's what we know oh, so but it's far. At, it's at the Avengers headquarters. Correct. So yes. that's where it takes place. Um, I personally, I think it's going to be really cool. I think that that's something that will set Disneyland apart. That being said, I do not understand why they're opening it in two parts. They made such a big stink this summer about, hey, people, come to Disneyland. Star Wars is open and nobody cares. So I just, I feel like that's going to happen again, that they're not, people aren't going to come until it's done. Right. Period. I I just don't know. They, They see it happening. Well, now Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens at Disney World tomorrow. So we'll see how the reaction is there. But out in California, it really didn't live up to the high. I mean, right now it's you can walk in and get on uh, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and wait 25 minutes in the middle of the afternoon. Right. And we were at an annual pass holder preview and it was 55 minutes. So it's a little, I don't know if they're maybe worried about it, but I think they should have taken in consideration, hey... This is what happens when we opened it in two parts. Maybe we probably shouldn't do that with yeah, this. Just wait. Like, I, I guess I don't understand the big deal with waiting. Like, just right. keep the wall up the whole get it, time yeah, just get and the, finish. Get it done. Do it the right way. It worked Listen, out very well with Pandora. I was, gonna, I was just about to say, can you imagine if they opened Pandora in two yep. parts? Like, if they opened Navi River Journey first? Yeah. Nah, Pe- yeah people people would never go back. Right. Like, I mean, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Can't imagine Flight of Passage is any cooler. But, like, holy cow, Flight of Passage is one of the greatest rides we've ever been on. So, the third thing that Zach forgot to mention about um, Disneyland is that they announced they were going to add a Mickey's Runaway Mickey's Runaway Railway in Disneyland as well, which kind of made me chuckle because this one in, Cal- or in Florida isn't done yet either. So, I guess we'll all find out how that is later. Right. And so well, the other thing that irritated me, too, is that they didn't have any like official open dates and not that you need to have like the exact date right they just gave the year but it was just this time or the this you know 2021 2022 oh okay good well i mean it does give them wiggle room because they know they need it right now with how things have been going that's true so jumping over to well this eh, this is kind of a walt disney world thing Um, They announced at the panel that Target and Disney are going to start a collaboration. There are going to be 25 Disney stores in select Targets throughout America. We don't have one close. We don't even have one in the state of Ohio. No, I don't think so. I think the closest one may be in like Chicago. Perhaps. Um, But it seemed to be that it was a bunch of Targets with some higher income. So shout out to you if you have a Disney store coming to your nearest Target. The other thing that we thought was kind of interesting is that they're going to put a Target on Walt Disney World property. And I th- now that I think I heard today that Flamingo Crossing, so this is kind of close to Animal Kingdom, and it's it's right on the edge of Disney property. So it, 
I believe the land is owned by Disney, but they also have like there's like a courtyard there and a Fairfield, something like that. But there was blueprint blueprints <laughs> released today in in those blueprints, there's supposedly going to be a Target. So that'll be the closest shopping center to Disney property, but technically still on it, I guess. You can you can get from that you can get from that Target to Animal Kingdom in probably three minute drive time. So Drop my pencil. Right. So that <laughs> is I don't know, it's it's interesting that they're doing it. I, I don't know. They don't really have an affiliation with any grocery store right now where you can hey let's get some groceries to our room so maybe they maybe they're going to team up with target so you can have groceries delivered to your room and kind of take amazon out of the equation i can't imagine any situation in which you would take amazon out of the equation unless they can say hey amazon you're no longer allowed to deliver to us never would they ever they're not that stupid they, nobody's that but stupid. It, it doesn't make them money Yes, it does. How? You get a $6 de- box charge. Does Amazon get charged that? No, you do. Right, so it doesn't to help. Disney. It, yeah. It, like, you put it on your magic band. Six bucks. It's like a parking fee per box. I guess. So if you get a stroller and some groceries and some sunscreen and Who's, some other stuff. Who says they can't do that with Target stuff, though? Does Target offer as much stuff? Or they would. It would they be like would. a super Target. Yeah, it's like, hey, here's your groceries. Here's your stroller that you wanted to buy they instead might. of Kingdom I, Strollers. Here's... I don't think so because Amazon, I mean, a lot of people have Amazon Prime. Actually, I think like every person in America has an Amazon Prime, a Prime account or at least access to one. And um, Garden Grocer is another big one as well. But it's like I don't, I don't think they're going to start restricting off-site purchase deliveries. Like, we'll take our six bucks from anywhere. I don't think they care. It'll be interesting. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, it'll be interesting. Um, so, Disney and Target. Um, I think... Oh, okay, not really Epcot-related, because that was the, the biggest thing, and that's definitely where we're going to spend most of our time on. Um, Disney announced the new Cirque du Soleil show that's coming to Disney Springs. The opening date is April 17th, 2020. So if anybody wants to get me tickets for my birthday. Tickets are on sale right now already. I'm available on my birthday for the weekend after my birthday to go. So for this show, it is is Disney themed. Uh, But it's still Cirque du Soleil. Right. You saw the last show. I did not see the last one there. I don't think it had any. It was not Disney themed. This is supposedly going to have the story of Mickey Mouse or the story of. No, it's. Uh, an Imagineer who's raising his daughter with the characters that he creates. Okay. I knew it had some Zach sort of doesn't Disney. really follow along with the creative. Well, that's not my thing. That's I, what I was... I got okay. it. I got you. So, yeah. it's And it was actually kind of cool because in the presentation, the, the lead Imagineer... Is that what they call him? Well, they had him and then they also had somebody from Cirque du Soleil. Right. And so he got to come out and he's like, yeah, this is the storyline. And obviously, I mean, everything was, they didn't even tell us what the name of it was, but they kind of gave the overview of, you know, this hits home close to me because I raised my children, you know, working in the Walt Disney World Company. And so the, the, or the animals, the characters that I created, my children got to grow up with. And so that was something that was really special. So I'm super excited to see it. Um, I hope that that kind of adds another layer of things to do at Disney Springs and kind of gives people another opportunity to go do something that isn't necessarily in the parks, but is still Disney related. Yep. 
All right. So you ready to move on to Epcot? Epcot. So basically, we knew that Epcot was going to be, if they were going to announce anything, it was going to be the big announcement. Yep. And we were right. And this is where my, uh, well, I guess, how do you want to split this up? I don't know. Well, I was going to, I was going to start by saying, so. It's the, the biggest fr- park transformation ever. Right. They, they did notes. say that. They, <laughs> they said this will be the biggest park transformation that they've ever had without building a new park. Right. So the first thing that they talked about is they're going to be splitting Epcot up into four different lands. Right now, there's two different lands. So you have World Showcase, which is self-explanatory. This is all the countries around World Showcase Lagoon in, in the, I guess you can call it the back of the park. Mm-hmm. The front of the park right now is currently, is called Future World. So future Which is world totally self-explanatory because there's a bridge smack in the middle. So you're either right. in World Showcase or in Future World. So Future World, they are now splitting up into three different lands. There's going to be World Discovery, World Celebration, and World Nature. World and Nature World Showcase is staying the same. Correct. Yes. So there'll be four total lands. World Nature will be on your right hand side if you're walking in through the front of the park. World Nature will be on your right hand side. So that's going to be. The Living Seas, and the Land Pavilion, which is home to Soren. On the left-hand side, if you walk into the park, is going to be World Discovery. So that is where Test Track is, Mission Space, and then also two new pavilions, which will have the Play Pavilion and the Guardians of the Galaxy new roller coaster. Oh, if you're doing nature, you forgot to say Moana. Oh, yes. Also, in World Nature is a new, um, what they're calling a, was it a water maze? Water. Or, or water pathway, I believe, is what they're calling it. Um, journey of Water. So, it's a journey of water inspired by Moana. It's going to be the first experience uh, that is ever in the parks inspired by the movie. So, Which isn't hard to do, because we've talked about needing Moana for... Right, so I I think a lot of people, whenever they first announced this, I think Disney pitched it as an attraction, so a lot of people thought it was going to be a ride, but then they released the the concept art, and it's it really is just a a walkway or pathway that has a whole bunch of different water features and bouncing water and lights through the water, stuff like that. I'm gonna be better if there is not a Moana meet and greet somewhere in this thing. I. Yeah. How can you not meet Moana anywhere in the park? Well, you can. You just have to pay for that nighttime. And then extra stand show. in line for like twenty-seven hours. Yeah. Not literally twenty-seven hours, but it's pretty darn close. It's gonna be yeah. It'll be a lot. So, as I was going on, so the what is that the, on the left hand side? The World Discovery Pavilion. That's going to be home to, as I was saying, the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Uh, it's going to be called Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And this roller coaster is going to have, I believe it's they said it's the first reverse launch roller coaster. Which is terrifying. If you say so. You're, you start going backwards. Yeah. In what universe is that acceptable? Well, not only that, but it's a roller coaster that's your car is going to rotate 360 degrees on the track. Folks, I will not be riding this one. You'll have to get your ride recap from Zach. Right, so this is, they're pitching it as a storytelling roller coaster 
throughout it. So how are you supposed to see? You're gonna be like passed out and throwing up on yourself. Well, I think it might be similar to like what you didn't go on it, but uh, in in Harry Potter, the uh, Escape from Gringotts. So that's a roller coaster that the the cars spun around, but it also had screens in front of you, and you would stop in certain areas, and they would show this little. 15 second movie clip or show clip and then next you know boom we're off again and we're in the next room so that'll be interesting oh another thing that i didn't announce they released more information about the new space restaurant that's going to be opening up next to mission space true so that's well, it's gonna... an expansion of the pavilion correct like in addition to so the new restaurant's going to be called space 220 and they came up with this name because the theming of the restaurant is you are getting launched up in the space 220 miles and you're gonna be eating dinner with views of earth which is you're supposed to be you're supposed to be right over epcot which okay uh we're not rotating or anything (laughs) right okay the play pavilion which i mentioned earlier uh was going to open in time for the 50th anniversary of walt disney world and inside of this pavilion, there's going to be move. They're going to move in some uh, meeting meet and greets. Then um, they're also going to have a. Oh, see, I didn't read it as meet and greets. Yeah, I believe I. Th- I think they. Were, I thought they said they're moving. Uh, what's his Wreck It Ralph over there? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Edna Mode. I'm like, no. I thought that was like an actual activity. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an activity slash movie type thing. They didn't release very much about it. And then there's also supposedly going to be a water balloon fight. Something, I, it's virtual water balloon, of course. I doubt they're going to have a full water balloon fight in the middle say, of this pavilion. I was going to say, that would make me so mad. Like, here, little boy, <laughs> hit me with this water balloon. No. And, That's annoying. Okay, so moving to the center of the park. I don't think I said the name yet. No, you didn't. But that's going to be what they're now calling World Celebration. Which I think is fun. And this is really where they're going to be doing most of the work, right. in my opinion, of the park. So first off, Spaceship Earth is going to be getting a full full refurb that's the one i called in case anyone was wondering that was my one out of five <laughs> i got that one correct so spaceship spaceship earth it. is going to be getting a full refurb uh with new narration and an entire new um music score and it's going to be focusing on the moments that tell our story which but- is so interesting because when they were telling us all about this all of a sudden, the stingray that is Moana's grandma came across the screen in the back. So I'm not sure if, like, Moana's grandma is going to be your guiding force here or, like, how this is going to go. But it, they kind of made it sound like instead of just taking, you know, the Phoenicians and the Romans and stuff, it was kind of going to encompass the whole world. Right, everybody. Like, where everybody came from. Right. Which is which is kind of cool, because, so, I mean, that's what that park's about. So, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. That's really all they told us about it so far. So, it'll be interesting to see what changes, what's new. Uh, but also, in this um, world, in world celebration, they're going to be adding a new pavilion. And this is probably one of the more intriguing buildings that I've ever seen them do. So this is a, it's going to be off the back of Spaceship Earth. And it's going to be a three-level structure that's going to have... It's an expo building. It's an expo building, but then it also has, on top of it, 
a viewing area that's going to look out over top of um, World Showcase Lagoon where you can see the fireworks party. So, a.k.a. So this like is going to be... $129 This is, event. yes, Just special yes, fireworks cupcake yet. viewing area right. pavilion. Right. But, no, it's going to be interesting. The... the, the um, the artwork that they released about it is very intriguing to me. It, it's something that I haven't seen them do anything like this before. It's hard to explain by just talking about it, but it looks like the they're going to move the the food and wine and the flower and garden expo into the, where they do all the events. Like they show you how we do this, which I think ha- is so smart because the expo right. center now is like tucked back behind test track on the way from Test Track to Mexico. And if you're not looking for it, you have absolutely no idea that it's back there. So being able to attract more people, I mean, is, is yeah, great. Yeah, it puts it right in the middle of everything that they have going on. So it'll be interesting to see how this this pans out. Yeah. And you want me to take over the World Showcase? Oh, I'm on a, I'm on a roll. Oh, all right. Unless, all right. You're on, unless you want to. You're just talking a lot, so I'm just making sure you're oh, okay. Oh, I'm good. I, it, like Ep- more than Zach's Epcot excites like me, so I, I enjoy... <laughs> Now, World Showcase, so there's not much... I guess there's some new things. There's some stuff I really disapprove, including the removal of Illuminations. So they released the new... He literally unclapped, guys. I booed. He did. It's true. I booed. Can confirm. So starting, I guess we'll just get it over with, in 2020 following... Whenever Epcot Forever ends its run of a whole nine months or whatever it's going to be, the new show that's going to be taking over for Illumination is called, going to be called Harmonious. Oh, gosh, I get it. Harmony Us. Us, yeah. Us, like yeah. the whole... Oh, excuse yeah. me while I go Look, throw up in my Welcome to the party. Head. Well, I didn't know it was spelled with the Us capitalized. So yeah. Disney is pitching this as... The largest nighttime spectacular ever created for a Disney park. Yeah. <laughs> it's so g- pessimistic. I'm no, not folks, looking forward to this. I was not this. allowed to be this negative Nancy when wishes went away. So I don't want to hear this ridiculous. Like, this is just absurd. Okay. You're acting like a child. So it's going to celebrate how the music of Disney inspires people all around the world carrying you harmoniously on a stream of familiar Disney tunes reinterpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the globe. We totally should have recorded this episode. Your face is so pissed right now. (laughs) This, it's just, I don't know. The thing is, is that I felt the same way about Happily Ever After, and it completely just like knocked my socks off. So I think that there's going to be a bit of an awkward transition. And I also think it's funny that Epcot forever is only going to be there for like nine months. <laughs> right. Like it's a forever thing, but for nine months. So that's kind of funny. I'm, I'm, but I'm curious. I have a feeling that Epcot forever is going to be very good. And then I, people are going to be like, wait, it's so, nine months. So Bring it back. Here's, so here's the thing though. When wishes, when they started creating happily ever after, nobody knew Because what they did was, in addition to Wishes, they had a thing called Celebrate the Magic, which was a music and projection show onto the castle. And what they really were doing was just testing all of these projectors to create a new show. So my guess is that Epcot Forever is going to be some sort of test run for whatever thing they're going to blow up in the World Showcase every evening at 9 p.m. Yeah. 
and it's going to be just fine. Yeah, if you say so. Anyway, so, talking about something more exciting. Yeah. Now. So now that we're done with that, we're Disney finally released more information about Remy's Ratatouille adventure, which is going to be in the France Pavilion. So this construction has been has been going on for a little while now. You can see it very easily if you enter Epcot through the through the International Gateway over by Beach Club and Boardwalk. Right. So that will be coming here in the summer of 2020. And it is going to be an exact clone of the ride that is over in Paris. Also coming over in the France is La Creperie de Paris, or Paris, however you want to say it. <laughs> so it's going to offer both table and quick service options featuring a menu um, from the same chef that is, uh, what is the France Ratatouille. restaurant? No, the France restaurant now. Uh, Le Chef's de France. Oh, oh now. So... It's going to have the same chef from there. And then also, I believe they're going to be having a new sing-along show, uh, Beauty and the Beast sing-along, that's going to debut in January of 2020. So I believe that's going to play alongside with Impressions to France, which is the current movie there. So I guess it may go every other one. They'll just rotate it. Um, another. So they also released two new... The two new shows that are going to replace current shows. So the Canada... Circle Vision three, or Circle Vision three hundred and sixty movie that is that just ended. Oh Canada, is going to be replaced with Canada Far and Wide, and the uh, China China movie. I think it's Impressions of China. Impressions of China is going to be replaced with a movie called Wondrous China. So the last thing that we're going to tell you about is something that really shocked a lot of people. It's something that people did not expect them to announce. And that is that the United Kingdom is going to welcome the first ever attraction inspired by Mary Poppins. So they did not, I mean, they released the absolute minimum for this. For sure. They, all they really said was you will step, step in time down Cherry Tree Lane past Admiral Boom's house and then enter number 17, the home of the Banks family where your adventure will begin. And that was it. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah. When it when that comes around, they have they didn't even release a date. So this could be four years from now. We don't know. Now I will say, kind of piggybacking off of all of those Epcot things, he made JPEG made a, uh, a comment that we were celebrating. The 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, but I'm going to put a huge asterisk by that in all four parks. Yep. To me, that was a, hey, you can buy 50-year anniversary merchandise in all four parks. Because Magic Kingdom was the only one that was there 50 years ago. Right. So I kind of really disagree with that. However, if he's going to make that comment, it might lead me to believe that maybe he's going to have... They're going to have... A lot of this stuff done by 2021. You would think so. I know in the past they've talked about, hey, we're going to do 50 things for the 50th anniversary. And they really have only announced a few of those so far. I think they announced, well, they're considering the Tron roller coaster in Magic Kingdom 1. They're considering the, uh, they're doing an upgrade to Small World 1. And other than that, I don't really know i mean what do you consider part of it are you considering 
Are you considering Galaxy's Edge part of that 50, one of the 50 updates, or... I don't, I don't think you It's can, interesting. I don't know. they kind of started it forever ago and didn't say, like... Or maybe they're considering them putting in the water bottle refiller. Can we water talk fountains. about that for a second, guys? They have... So, I think that Disney water stinks. I think that it tastes bad. I don't like it. But I am also very peculiar peculiar about my water. So when I saw that they got those filter things, I was like, oh, this is amazing. No, they didn't put any filters in there. All they did was give me a place to fill up my water bottle standing up. Ugh. It's budget, man. That's ridiculous. What you want them to do. Maybe they just shouldn't have water that stinks. Welcome to Florida. I can't believe you can't taste it. It's crazy. It's All right. So um, I kind of said what I was going to say already about the announcement that um, the 50th anniversary will be celebrated in all four theme parks, which I disagree with, but whatever. Like, what, I mean, what are you going to do in 10 years? Are you going to celebrate Epcot's 50th anniversary in all four parks? Maybe. I guess we'll see. But you shouldn't. Because the other ones weren't there yet. Uh, well, it's not it, their they're, they're considering it Walt Disney World 50th anniversary. They're not saying Magic Kingdom's 50th anniversary. But Magic Kingdom got a cake. I know. So I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. All right. Um, they talked a little bit about Reflections Resort, which is one of the new resorts that's going to be in the Magic Kingdom area. They also gave us some information about the new Star Wars hotel called Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. They it was actually kind of funny. I saw a few comments on it that it's a two night, two day immersive experience. It's eleven hundred dollars per night maybe per the, person this, is the this rumor. Is rumor. Yes. But that's a lot of money. Um now obviously that's just rumor, but that's that's kind of what they're predicting. And a lot of people we're making a lot of comments because they spent a great deal of time talking about this. Like they had the lead Imagineer come out and all these, all these people and all these clips and all this stuff. And it's like a lot of people were saying, I don't know why you're spending so much time telling me about something that I will literally never be able to afford. Well, not only that, it's still at least two years away from being completed. Like this is way down the line. This, this may open in time for the 50th, 50th anniversary. It may not. My guess is it that it won't. Right. So this is a long ways away. I think it's going to cost a lot of money just because they're already trying to pitch it to everybody. It's like, right. hey, get ready because this is coming. Yeah. And if it was something that was kind of like, eh, whatever, they wouldn't be pitching it this far away. Well, I think they're just trying to piggyback off of the excitement of Galaxy's Edge. and Maybe. So I guess I'm not really sure maybe why you wouldn't have all of those things kind of in tandem. I don't know. I don't know how many bodies they have around. So there was that. And then did you want to add anything else about Walt Disney World? No, I think that's it. Okay. Last but not least on the D23 update, um, they announced one of the new names of the Disney Cruise Line cruise ship. Um, It's called the Disney Wish, and it's a new ship that will set sail in 2022. So they'll get it. They get they, it next year. They get, they get it, it in twenty one. Well, it's interesting. So whenever the whenever Disney announced that they were getting three new cruise ships, they said the first one is arriving twenty twenty one, then twenty twenty three, and twenty twenty five. I believe is what they said. So it's interesting. I believe they're getting it delivered to them 
in 2021, oh, and then they have to do whatever and get it ready so it can finally uh, set sail in 2022. Okay, so with that comes the conclusion of the D23 Expo recap. Um, Zach was a little bit better at guessing than I was, but I guess I kind of felt like I was expecting more specific projects to be announced, and they weren't. Yeah, so it was, I was very broad. I so. was I was a little let down by this year's event. I think they really only threw me a curveball with with the Mary Poppins thing. Everything else, I kind of had a feeling that they would would announce. So that's why we said earlier it was almost like this is the Disney Parks and Resorts update panel, not like a hey, this is new the new, things that are new coming stuff coming. It was everything we kind of knew that was coming. They just expanded on what we already knew. Right. All right. So. That's it for D23. Cool. So now what we're going to do, 40 minutes into this podcast, is give a quick recap of each new thing that we did when we were in Walt Disney World a few weeks ago. So if you don't remember what that is, we stayed at Grand Destino, which is the new tower at Coronado Springs. We went to the first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which, yes, actually began in the middle of August. We got to do an annual pass holder preview of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and we went to the NBA experience. Would you like to start? No, I'm a little tired from talking <laughs> about Illuminations ending. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll just go in chronological chronological order. We got to Grand Destino at about 8, 8.30 on Friday morning, which was the first day of our stay, obviously. And holy wow, as soon as people figure out how nice this hotel is, it will be full all the time. And the price will raise. And the price will go up, probably pretty significantly. So I will say that our experience with the resort staff, albeit very pleasant, was a little shaky. You could tell that the cast members were pretty new and they really weren't up to date about what was going on. Um, They didn't really use their technology as efficiently as they could and they were really they seemed to just be moving very slow like they they had probably four people working and the i mean the line for check-in was pretty backed up yeah and it was interesting they didn't have a distinct line either so no matter where you're staying if you're staying in the grandestino tower or anywhere uh, at coronado springs you check in at grandestino tower now and Which I totally think is that's, necessary. That's a lot of rooms for checking in the lobby. That to have is, four people. Right. And we walked in and I believe somebody actually pulled us out of line because we I don't know if we looked like we knew what we were doing and didn't look flustered at the time. True. But she pulled, out, pulled us out of line and asked us what we were doing. It's like, oh, well, we're checking in. So while this was happening, I told Rachel to... Go check our bags over at Bell because Services. Because we did get a text that our room wasn't ready yet. Right. We got a, we got a text at about 7.30, 7.45 in the morning saying, Hey, your room's not quite ready yet. Uh, please pay attention. We'll let you know when it's available. Great. So I wanted to check in be like, Hey, I just want to make sure everything's good. Make sure we checked in okay. Make sure our credit card is linked to our file. So on and so forth. And when I the lady... turned off my charging privileges, guys. When the lady pulled us aside... She said, oh, well, it looks like your room is ready. Did you get your text? And I was like, no, I got a text saying that the room was not ready. She goes, oh, well, I got one right here for you. And it's like, oh, great. 
go get the bag. <laughs> it's, yeah, we just checked the bag, so I guess we can go get them. But the other thing that was interesting is, so as we've mentioned before, Disney started charging for parking. Well, with their new, I guess, vacation club rules, if you're a vacation club member, parking is now included whether you're staying on points or not. And so she asked me if I was staying for par- or, or for parking, and I said, yes, but I'm a vacation club member. And she's like, oh, were you staying on points? And I said, no, that changed a couple months ago. And she seemed like, whoa, what? Like, she kinda, just did it. And it's like, oh, yes. I sh- don't think I should know that, and you shouldn't. So she got that squared away for us, and we didn't pay for parking or anything like that. So we moved away, and then I think I went and go pick, went and picked up the bags, and we headed over to the new elevator system that they have in this hotel. And yeah, so that's a story in it's itself. A, it's not really <laughs> if, if you've never smart, used it before. It's, it's a smart elevator. So the only so you walk over. And you just touch, you you push your floor before you go in the elevator. And depending on what floor you push, it assigns you an elevator. I think it was A through F. Something, yeah. It was e, e, something yeah, it might like have that. Been there e. were six. So it just tells you which one to go stand by. Now, the only thing that I don't like about it is that they don't ding. So, like, there was a person, I, I pushed the button, and it told me to get in B or something, and the person that was getting in B also was like, no, you have to hit the button. And I'm like, I did hit the button. It told me to come over here, but it didn't, like, acknowledge audibly right, it, that I was supposed well, to be there, didn't, it didn't which do... is actually kind of interesting, because I wonder for, like, handicap purposes or, you know, somebody with, with a hearing handicap or disability, if that would be an issue. Well, it did say on the end, if whenever the doors are open, you can see on the inside what floors this elevator is going to because once you're inside that elevator there's no there's no going back it's well there is going back you can in fact get back on the elevator right but you it's not like you can sit there and be like oh crap i'm actually going to floor 11 and click 11 you have to get off of the elevator click again and click hey i want to go to 11 right which i mean is cool so when we first got there we went up and we we went to our room Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. The only thing I will say is that we did not have uh, a bathtub, which doesn't matter for two grown-ups, but if you have a child with you that needs to bathe, that's an issue. Um, you could probably fit, shoot, six people in that shower. Yeah, it was So really you good. could shower with your child. It's not like you're just kind of crammed in this little area. You definitely have room to, to have two people in there, but um, that's something to consider. Uh, we had a high floor. I was I was going to mention is a little insider tip. So you can book two different types of rooms. So there's either a a standard view or a water view room. We picked the standard view room, and whenever we checked in online ahead of time, I requested a high floor, and our room actually it overlooks the parking lot by definition and that's why they call it the standard view but we were on the ninth floor and we were up high enough that we could see into galaxy's edge and you could see epcot you can't see anything you can just see you like know the it's there rocks like Pandora. but it would be interesting we weren't we were not there at night but you could see illuminations or the star wars fireworks if you were in the room at that time for sure so that was that's definitely a plus the water view would be on the opposite side of the hallway, which overlooks the lake that is in the middle of Coronado Springs. 
So that's just a little insider tip, I guess you can say. Yeah, so we walked around. Um, very, 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 very nice hotel. The theming was nice, the bed was great. Um, I mean, just really beautiful. Very, it's Spanish themed like the rest of Coronado Springs is. The one thing that I thought was a little bit strange is that the former check-in desk at, like in Coronado Springs, where all of the check-in desks and bell services were, is like a ghost town. Like computers are still in there and like just strange. So they're definitely making a point to try to get everyone in Grand Destino probably to see if someone can upgrade or, oh, next time I want to stay in here. This is really nice. Um, so highly, highly, highly recommend. Really excited for, for people to go uh, and people to to get other families to go there. I mean, that was a really nice place. Anything else you'd like to, you want to talk about the bar? No, well, it was interesting. So I counted, I counted, I think the first day we were there for adults. And if you're into the bar, bar scene, I think there's either five or six different bar lounge locations now spread out through the resort. And that is more than almost all of the deluxe ones. Uh, So if you're into that, I highly recommend staying there. So there's a there's a pool bar. There is a bar in the middle of the lake that just opened up, the Three Bridges. There is a bar on top of the of the Grand Destino Tower. There's a bar in the lobby of Grand Destino. There is a small little bar that's out by the lake as well. It's just like a walk up, like maybe six seats or so. And then there's also the Rick Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, right over by the food court. So yeah, that's six different bar and lounge areas. In the middle of the pool. Yes, that was the first one I said. Okay. So yeah, if you're into that scene, uh, you can you could spend a while with this resort uh, and bar hop. So true. Um, yeah. Oh, they also have a really nice workout room. If that matters to you, it um, it had rowers. They had not Peloton bikes, but like a knockoff version, but still very nice. Um, med balls, kettlebells, all that kind of stuff. There was, I mean, there was a ton of stuff. So that was really nice. Um, yeah, I would, I would recommend that hotel. And I do think that once people figure out how nice it is, it's going to be full and it's going to go up in price. So take advantage of that little tidbit (laughs) before it becomes uh, a thing. Right. So that wraps up our review of Grandestino. All right. So anyway, we went to uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. It was the first of, shoot, 22, something like that. A lot. It runs until November 1st or through November 1st because the last one is on November 1st, which I think stinks because I always thought it was cool that like once Halloween was over, it's like boom, Christmas in one night. That was cool to me. Not this year. Well, it'll just be boom, Christmas on the 2nd. So, (laughs) So there's that. Um, I thought, so I, I went to the Halloween party with my mom and sister previously, and I like one of the the key things that I took away when I went before was that it was really an opportunity to spend a little bit of extra money and really not have to deal with the crowds. And I felt like this time around, it was a fantastic event, but there were noticeably more people which is okay, you just kind of have to have that expectation that 
whatever, you know, cause it, you know, Zach's like, it's not sold out. It's not sold out. It's not sold out. Great. But if you have 30,000 party tickets, I'd hate like, to see what it was if it was sold out. Right. That's my thing is that it's like, just because it's not sold out doesn't mean that it's not going to be busy. So that's definitely something that you need to keep in mind. Um, a note that I have in my travel packet to my clients is to pack your patience because not sold out is still really busy. So in an awesome event, uh, we got in. A little bit after six, we got our wristbands and then we walked through and picked up our trick-or-treating bags. One thing that I thought they did a really good job of is making sure that people that didn't pay for the special ticketed event didn't get to stay. Um, that is something that I think is a little bit... Not, it's not mean. I don't know. Like there's just, like you pay money to be there during a special event, like to get that perk. And I felt like they did a really good job of making sure that it was exclusive to guests that paid to be there. So the park technically closed at six, but the party didn't start until seven. So we just kind of wandered around for a little while. And then we started trick-or-treating right away. Um, they do give you trick-or-treat bags and you just walk through. One thing that I thought was really neat is that they have allergy-friendly candy bags and basically what that means is that you can go trick-or-treating with the rest of your family or your friends or whoever you're there with and instead of giving you candy they give you a token to redeem your candy at an allergy friendly station so to avoid cross-contamination so if you're really allergic to something they keep all the candy separate which I thought was really neat I personally don't have that issue but I do know that a lot of people do so that was a neat thing so we trick-or-treated for a while. Um, a couple things I wanted to throw out there. There were three rides with um, Halloween-themed overlays. The first one was uh, the teacups that had just some Christmas, or Christmas um, Halloween music and some lights. The next one is Space Mountain. Um, instead of doing Space Mountain theme, they had it pitch black with scary music, which I didn't go on it. We went through the people we mover. We went through it on yeah. the people mover, and that was rough. It was pitch, I mean, it, pitch It just turned black. off every single light. And it was like, boo, ah, ah. Like, it was just mean. It was mean. So I'm like, all right, no thanks. But then we went on Pirates of the Caribbean, which had live actors in it. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was absolutely hilarious. Now, they were in line, too. Seriously, it was hysterical. So, you're walking through the queue, and, I mean, there are pirates, like, acting like they're drunk, like, trying to talk to you about getting the buried treasure. And it's like, don't listen to that pirate. I'm the pirate in charge. And, I mean, it was just, it was hilarious. So, then, um, they were on the ride, and they actually, one of the guys engaged with my sister about, like, go get the buried treasure. My sister's like, no! (laughs) So, they're standing there yelling at each other. Um, while we're floating by on a boat. So that was super awesome. Um, the other thing, or the, a couple of the other things, I guess, that I wanted to point out, um, Carlotta is a ghost that is posted up on a bench on the Haunted Mansion lawn, I guess. Yeah, it's right in front of the Haunted Mansion. She is hysterical. So Haunted Mansion, of course, gets super excited for Halloween. And so they don't need to change the inside of the ride. So they had a ghost sitting on a bench and she was interacting with the people that were in line. And if you didn't want to stand in line, 
you could just kind of sneak your way through and take a picture with her or say hi or whatever. But, oh my gosh, she was so funny. I could have sat there for a half hour and listened to her. Definitely. She was really funny. She was really good. So, would recommend heading over to see that. I would also recommend that you make a point to see the Headless Horseman. He... He, he doesn't lead it. He goes he, down five minutes He before. goes down five minutes before the first BTU parade. And holy cow, that's incredible. So, literally, it's a, a horse with a guy riding with no head. I feel like you should say something about how cool I, that is. Uh, <laughs> this is your thing. This, this is my thing. I was super excited about this. So, I learned that... The the horse is it's the same um, course that the that the parade takes, and I've been told, and I don't know if this is true, that the horse runs the course like months leading up to this at night, and then they get people in there, and then you know they just get used to the horse taking this course. And obviously, if something were to go wrong, I'm sure that there's a little peephole where the headless man can see. But holy cow, it was so cool. And they had like this whole scary thing going and the scary music. And it's not really scary at all, but it's really neat. So then from there we went and we watched the Boo to You Parade, which I thought was super awesome as well. Super catchy. Um, I So they added a few new floats this year and I felt like they didn't fit. Like the Boo to You Parade has a lot of villains. It has Haunted Mansion characters. It has like... Um, grave diggers that do really cool stuff on the pavement with their shovels and it's very fun and spooky and then out of nowhere it's like the incredibles well that and uh and the aliens like, from toy story it's like, right what are you and guys it's like doing here? it's like okay great if you want to encompass some of the other characters to kind of tie in that stuff like when you have buzz lightyear have zerg like his villain or um the Incredibles have, like, one of their villains. They have, like, seven. Like, just pick one. And so I kind of felt like they didn't really do that as well as they could have. But it was still nice. Like, the music is super catchy. You'll hear it once, and you'll be able to sing it for years and years to come. And then we watched the fireworks show, which is 12 minutes long, if that matters to you at all. Um, they had two parades. Two parades. And two Hocus Pocus shows. Right. Correct? And, um, but they only have one fireworks show. So that's definitely where everybody kind of piles in like you would on just a regular castle, happily ever after, regular park night. Um, the fireworks show is 12 minutes long, so that doesn't give you a ton of time to, I don't want to watch the fireworks, I want to ride the rides. Just a thought. Um, but it is... There are three levels of, of action. There's an on-stage performance, projection, projections on the castle, and then 180-degree fireworks display. So that was really cool. That was new this year. It replaced Hollow Wishes. Um, would recommend for sure. Overall, um, even though the event was busy, like people-wise, there is enough to do to spread everyone out that I would recommend it. I thought it was a really awesome event. And even though it was, like, kind of hard to get into Halloween mode because it's August, it was really cool. And I would definitely do it again. And I definitely would encourage others to go. Yeah, I guess if I have to give my 
two cents about this. My my suggestion would be to whenever you first get into the park, go on the rides. I think if you go on the rides first, um, I, I, I felt like most people trick or treated. I think, and I think most people trick or treated first. So we waited in long lines for trick or treat instead of going on the rides at the time. Right. And we should have went and trick or treated after the fireworks show because that's when it seemed like everybody was going on the rides. And I noticed some of the trick or treat lines. It was like. No, there's nobody here, so take as much as you want type of thing. Right. So if I would do it over, I would do that. Um, but I recommend going to this party. I think it's a great a great event. I think it makes it, especially the ride overlays, I think those make the party. Right. It's something, you, yeah, you can get a fireworks show during a regular park day. Yes, you can get a parade. Yes, they're a little different during this. But those ride overlays in my opinion, is what makes this, makes this event. For sure. Okay. Anything else for the Halloween party? That's it. Alright, so after that, what we did next, in chronological order, the next day we woke up because we had, well, because it's a great day to wake up, but also because uh, we had an annual pass holder preview to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, our reservation time was supposed to be from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., but around 10 o'clock, we wandered over there, and they were like, come on in. So we did. Um, I'm glad that we did, actually, because we were there for three and a half hours, and we got out just in time for it to start pouring. So I was really glad that, that we were able to make it in early. Um, I guess I'll let you talk about the cantina. Yeah, so we, we whenever we made reservations, we also got a reservation time to visit Oga's Cantina. And I believe whenever we checked in to head into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they gave us a time then to go at, I believe our time was 1045. Yes. So I think we lined up over there at about 1035 or so. And there was probably six or seven groups ahead of us. And I didn't realize that whenever we got in this line, it was, hey, we're going to seat you whenever you get to the front of the line. I didn't realize that this was that type of... It, it kind of moved in chronological order, though. Yes, but I didn't think it was... Because we all had the same reservation right, time. And that's not what I'm trying... I'm trying to say that I didn't see us getting, hey, you have to stand here. I thought it was, okay, you can head on in, find a spot... And go there. I didn't realize this was a bar that, hey, this is where you have to stand. And whenever I'm saying that, is you literally have, you to, literally stand. have to stand. I we we think about ninety percent of this um, bar is standing room yep. only. Uh, we counted, I believe, there's three tables that seat eight. So I guess if you have a group of eight, there's a chance you could get seated at this. But if not, prepare to stand while you're in there. Um, we got menus while we were waiting in line, so we had our drinks picked out before we got in. So whenever we did get in, our server brought menus over, but we were ready to order with them. Now, as a side note, there is a two-drink max maximum. Correct. Somebody, somebody misspoke the other day, and it's like, yep, it's a two-drink minimum. I'm like, what? <laughs> two-drink maximum, and you have 45 minutes. Right, so... I got two, I had the two drinks I got, um, one was the fuzzy Tantuan and then the other was the Jedi mind trick. 
So both uh, alcoholic. Both alcoholic. Um, Which is rough I, for ten forty-five a.m. I really enjoyed the fuzzy tanchuan. It was, it was almost like a screwdriver type drink. Only it had maybe more mango in it than just an orange juice. Um, it was very good. It had like a, a foamy texture on the top of it that that would be my only criticism of it. Um, the Jedi mind trick, it is exactly what it is. It does trick your mind. Every <laughs> every time that you take a sip of it, you're expecting something. And then it's like the complete opposite. It's, it's very hard to describe. Um, it might have been better if it wasn't 1045 in the morning for me. Um, <laughs> but it was still good. It's not like I'm going to say, oh, this drink wasn't very good. It was good. Um, it was expensive though. Um, I think, well, what did you get? You got, so I got, it's called the hyperdrive. It is a non-alcoholic beverage. Um, so I'm representing all of the non-alcohol drinkers of the universe over here. Um, it was, the base of it was like a berry Powerade. So I figured I would enjoy that. And it was very good. It was very sweet. I typically tend to stick to water and chocolate milk as my two beverages of choice. So I did enjoy it, um, but I only drank about half of it. So, I mean, it, it was just very sweet, but it was very good. Right. It, and as I was going to say, so we had three total drinks, two that were alcoholic, one non-alcoholic. And I believe our bill was like 43 $44. Yeah. So that it is very expensive there. Um, but you're not only paying for the drink, you're paying for the atmosphere. Of course. I think the atmosphere in that place, um, I just watched some of the Star Wars movies for the first time right before we went on this trip. Um, but as soon as we walked in there, I picked everything up from the movie. I mean, I, I really could see the, the canteen in the first Star Wars movie I watched. Five. So, no, four. Episode four. So I really could pick up the details, and the music is just like how it is in the movie. So uh, A-plus job when it came to that. Um, definitely something that you should check out. So a few a few things about that, if we're going to encourage you to be there. Um, like I just mentioned, it's a two-drink maximum, and you have 45 minutes once you get inside to be there. And then they're kind of like, hey, get out. Um the servers are very friendly. I would encourage you to talk to them. They've obviously put a lot of time and energy into practicing what it's like to work in a rebel bar. Like, it's kind of rough and it's fun and loud and they're, like, all secretive and goofy. So I would encourage you to do that. At this time, it is a reservation-only system. They do not allow walk-ups. Yeah, walk-ups. Walk-ups. Um, but please, 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 please be aware. And it's super deceiving on the website that when you go to make a reservation for Ogus Cantina, no matter what time of day it is, it will say Ogus Cantina reservation, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. This establishment does not serve breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It serves drinks. Um, they do have a few like bar snack like yeah, chips like and pretzel options yeah. they are not included you have to purchase them separately none of the things in Ogus cantina are affiliated with the disney dining plan at all so be mindful of that that you do need a reservation and that even when it says breakfast lunch or dinner you will not be fed you will just drink so <laughs> a lot of fun would recommend um but be prepared to spend a little bit of money but the atmosphere is cool yep 
So moving on from that, um, because I only got one drink at Oga's Cantina, my next stop was I headed over to a milk stand to try out the blue milk. (sighs) Guys, blue milk tastes like grass. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I would very much appreciate it if when you go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and you try blue milk that you video yourself trying it and send it to me because I think that a lot of people are going to make a lot of funny faces. Some people like it. You wouldn't even try it. That's fine. He wouldn't even try. So I was, I'll tell you, I was irritated because it was $8 and you get a very small cup um, and you can for the, so there's, there's blue milk, green milk, blue milk with vodka. Uh, I'm not sure. Vodka or rum. It's alcoholic. And yeah, yeah. And then green milk with vodka or rum, whichever one the other one isn't. And they're still plant based, but there's alcohol in there for the non-alcoholic versions. You can use a snack credit. Um, which is a fantastic use of a snack credit because it's eight bucks. Um, but I took a sip of it and then I was like, I can't decide if I like this or not. So I took a bigger sip of it and then made a yucky face. And I was like, this tastes like grass. Um, so I did not care for it at all. Some of the other agents that I work with that have tried it, um, either in California or that were at the annual passholder preview with me said that it was very fruity. I didn't get that. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think when it opens and you get down there because I'm just curious. Um, What else? So we did not get to go into Savvy's workshop, which is the lightsaber building experience. You had to stand in line to go look in there and the line was like 45 minutes. So I was like, I don't really like, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care that much, but not to stand there for 45 minutes just to look at it. Um, we did not ride the Millennium Falcon because the wait time was 65 minutes for standby. And then the single rider line was 65 plus. Yeah, I went, (laughs) I was going to go on it by myself and I asked the lady who was working this, the single rider line. I said, Hey, well, how much shorter is this line? She goes, Oh, well it's six. It's probably 65 minutes long, but it could be longer. So I was kind of like, well, I'm out. Off, which I thought was very strange, but whatever. Um, so we didn't end up going on it, but I can tell you that each flight uh, is comprised of a team of six people flying the Millennium Falcon. It is a combination of Star Tours in theming and mission space in intensity. And at this time, uh, there are no fast passes available. We did see like where you were going to be able to tap your magic band eventually for when they allow fast passes, but we have no no uh, starting date for that at right. this point. Just a few other little things. Um, this land is ginormous, but there is nowhere to sit. We stood for three and a half hours. Um, they have some, like their flower beds that have ledges that you could sit on, but if you sit on them, you're sitting in the Orlando sunshine and you just bake on a rock. So that stinks. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we talk about No, I story? guess, well, we also, um, going off of that, there is no shelter from rain as well. Correct. Um. In Florida, it can rain at any time, and whenever it does rain, it's probably going to rain very hard. 
So there's not very many places that you can bail out whenever it starts to storm. My suggestion would be to get in the line for the Millennium Falcon. Uh, If not, prepare to get really wet and best of luck. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's really all I can say if it starts to rain in that land. Yeah. Um, So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was food. So we talked about drinks. I really think that there's going to be a lot of alcohol consumed in this land just because they have alcohol everywhere. Um, but there are two quick service restaurants, Ronto Roosters. Am I saying that Ronto correctly? Ronto Roasters. Roasters and Docking Bay 7. Um, both are quick service restaurants. The food, if you're a picky eater or if your child is a picky eater, either pack your own snacks or make a plan to eat before you go or right after you're in there because, like, the food itself is fine. But, like, little kids and purple potatoes just don't go very well because they're like, why is this potato purple? Like, it just doesn't – it's just different. And if you're not willing to try because there aren't chicken fingers on the menu, you need to plan for something else. Was there anything else? Nope. Okay. Last but not least – um, we walked over to Droid Depot, which is where you get to customize and build your own droid. I had absolutely no intentions of building a droid until I walked in and I was like, well, I have to have one of these. <laughs> so we got in line. The guy said it was going to be 30 minutes, um, to the like actual building part. And we probably only waited like 10, 15. I'd say the whole process was 30 minutes. Unless From like that's starting what, in line. Yeah. Could have been. Maybe that's what he meant. And he just didn't say it correctly. So, um, you get to, excuse me, you get to choose when you get in between building a BB-8 or an R2 model droid. Um, when you go, you tell them which droid you'd like to build and you pay for it. Then they hand you a basket and say, here you go. Here are the parts that you need to pick to build your droid. So you get to pick between colors and models and, um, what are all the different, like, different heads and bodies different and pieces legs and pieces, parts, and all that kind of stuff. Colors. I think I said that already. Um, so you get all your pieces, parts, and then you go over to a building station. You actually get to use an electric screwdriver, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, just that they're, like, letting little kids use electric screwdrivers. Um, so the a, a little backstory on that. The, the age suggestion for building a droid is three and to build a lightsaber their their recommended age is five so i was a little surprised at that um just because it is kind of overwhelming it's very tight and it's crowded um so you assemble the droid and then you push your hey cast member come back over here um and then they help you activate it so zach has a full video that we're hoping to get up here in the next eventually um of he recorded me building this droid So they activated it. They showed me how to use it. It has a little remote control thing. um, And it is a ton of fun. (laughs) It's so cool. Do you not want to throw anything in there? No, I mean, I think this is your thing. Uh, You were the droid person. That's true. All right. So, yeah, got to build my droid. Um, It cost me 106 bucks after tax. Uh, would recommend that is something that and the lightsaber experience are something are both something that you need to have reservations for 
um, moving forward once the land opens. I have noticed that those reservations are really kind of easy to get because lightsabers are $250 to build and droids are 100 bucks. Right, so it's a, it's a it's reservation. Like, it's actual like reservation to spend money. Right. Like, I mean, this is like a bippity-boppity boutique reservation, but for Star Wars, basically. Um, so if you're going to do it, you're going to fork over some cash. Uh, yeah. I think that's all that I have to say about Star Wars. Um, I guess, would you go back? Did you think it's cool? I, I, I would go back, but I don't think I would go back and fight the masses of people unless the second ride was open. So I, I think it's, well, I guess we can see how it's, it's opening tomorrow. So we'll see how the crowds are there. I think that'll be the the telling tale of if I would go back. I don't think I would... If I was going to go in there and just be jammed in there with a whole bunch of other people, I wouldn't mess around with it. Yeah. But if the crowds are like how it is in Disneyland and the second ride is open, I would definitely go back. I guess I just don't see how it's going to be... Like, it's, it's already not comparable to Disneyland because even just a pass holder preview had a twice as long wait time for this the same ride that's available in california so i guess my my thought was is that so the annual pass holder preview windows were supposed to be nine to one and then a separate group went 11 to three and then what was it one to five i think it might have been like three to seven and then a five to nine something something like that i don't quite remember what was available we just kind of clicked on the first one that we saw to make sure that we got something um so they let us in an hour early and they had no way of telling us when it was time to go. So I think by the afternoon they had three groups of people in there and it got a little hectic. Like the land itself is big, but the places to be and the activities to do are very small. So I think that unless there's some sort of reservation system, for me it's not worth fighting the crowds. Just because it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, if I get tired, I can't go sit down. Can't, like, just chill out for a second. And, like, kind of if you're inside, you're spending money. Right. I think that right now the land is, it's one ride and then six or seven different places to spend money. So, it to me, it seems like a giant gift shop, I guess Mm -hmm. you can say. Um, a giant gift shop, a bar, and a restaurant that has food that I don't eat. So, and and on top of that, I'm not a Star Wars person. So there's not very much going in my favor when it comes to that. So that might be what what so what's a turn off to me. There's nothing in there that's like, oh, I'd need to get back there. Where even Toy Story Land, yeah, it's got a small little roller coaster and a and Toy Story Midway Mania is pretty fun, but. That theming is better for me. I wonder if it's going to help you. So, Zach and I are separately going to Star Wars, or, or I'm sorry, to California to go to Disneyland next month. And he's going to ride Millennium Falcon. And I'm wondering if that would make it better. Because you don't care at all about Avatar, the movie. I, I've, 
I like Avatar more than I like but Star Wars. But you still don't like it. I mean, you still aren't. It's not like, like I'm going to sit down and be like, fan. hey, I want to watch Avatar. Right. But. So I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking is that I wonder if that will make a difference for you once you go on the, the attraction. I guess we'll see. Because you didn't go on the attraction. But I've been on Star Tours. Multiple Allegedly, times. though, this this is better than Star Tours. Yeah. I guess we'll see. So we'll advise. Um, and then maybe Zach can reevaluate his opinion. Um then so one other thing i wanted to throw in there i did ask um because droids are kind of they're not heavy at all but they're very bulky um and lightsabers are 250 dollars very expensive toys so i asked if they offered um hotel delivery like a lot of the gift shops do throughout the different parks and the answer that i received from two different cast members was they do but you have to uh, send it back before you leave either Savi's Workshop, which is where you build your lightsaber, or the Droid Depot. So two good pieces of information, especially because if you're planning to kind of spend the rest of the day out and about doing stuff, um, that would be kind of inconvenient. Because it's like, what are you going to do? Go on a roller coaster with your droid? Probably not. Just a thought. I have nothing else to say about Star Wars. All right, let's move on. All right, last thing. NBA experience, Go. Um, I can sum it up in one one sentence if you really need me to, but we're not going to. So we headed to the NBA experience right after uh, Stars. Well, I think well, yeah, we went back to our hotel and then we then we went back out. Um, I think we got there at four o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock or so. And let's just say we were out of there at five. You don't have to let's just say that we really did. We were we were out of there at five, um, and we did everything. We did everything there. So there's a there's what we say about nine different stations there are or so. Thirteen experiences. Some of them are duplicates. So there's thirteen okay. experiences. The first one we did was what they called the combine. Uh, it measured your wingspan and then your vertical jump, your reach. Well, no, you have it, to start at the beginning. So you customize your experience based on. Right. Who you are and what you like. Right. You pick your favorite team and then you pick a nickname based off of a spinner wheel. And your skill level. Have. Right. And your I skill level. I picked advanced. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I, it's beginner, novice, and advanced. And I picked, is there anything below beginner? That's what I, that's what I pushed. Right. So as I was saying, the first thing we did after that is well, we went to... important because you use your magic band yep. to like follow you through the thing. Yep. So we went to what they called the combine where... They measured our our wingspan, uh, vertical reach, and then vertical jump. And then they also, you got to shoot five baskets uh, from a free throw where on the little uh, projection screen to your right or left, it would show your release angle. um, And then if your shot went in, it it would keep track of your shooting percentage. But it was unbelievable because there was this giant net in the way of me making my free throws because it was one of those ball return things. So I couldn't, it just didn't, it, it was so too So it was high. in your head. No, it was too high and I just couldn't get it over and in and it was just not. I had no problem. I'm just saying it was too high because you're taller than me. Yeah, that's what it is. It is. But the little kid next to us that was eight years old had no problem either. Who? The little kid that was next to us that was like four foot nine. Well, I wasn't paying attention to what they were doing. I'm just saying that I was having a hard time. So, so what you're saying is if you're net. if you're five foot five and a half, that net is in your way. <laughs> I'm five 
foot six and a half. If you're five foot six and a half, the net is definitely in your way. If you're five seven, you're in the clear. If you're five six, if you're, you're okay. If you're five five, good to go. All right, don't be sassy. I'm just so, saying it's not convenient for me. So that was on the first floor along with, um, I think they called, I don't know if they called it the locker room or something like that. But there was a mock locker room set up that inside each locker had memorabilia from each of the teams along with multiple different touch screens where you could pull up different stats and different metrics of every current player in the NBA. So if you would click on Colin Sexton for the Cavs, you could see that, hey, he runs 2.9 miles per game and his average speed is this and so on and so forth. Um, That's pretty neat if you are a big basketball fan and i guess you can say that for the whole experience if you're a big basketball fan you'll get a kick out of this and you'll really enjoy it Um, on the second floor this is where they have most of the experiences Um, so there's anything from uh there's a a full-size court where you get to shoot five different shots yeah it is no yeah yes yeah it's a full-size court no way positive i think you made that up nope you can look it up So it's a full-size court um, where you get to shoot five different shots from uh, across the across half court, and they give you 15 seconds to make those shots. Um, While you're doing that, there's a mock crowd in the behind the hoop that is cheering, depending on whether or not you make the shot or miss it. Um, Also on that floor, there's the what they call the replay center, where you get to go in um, and they show you mock. Well, not mock. They show you actually real plays that happened in the season. And they will bring up four different angles. You get to pick and choose, go fast forward, slow motion, zoom in, zoom out. And then you make the call whether or not. So example that we had was, was this shot a three-point shot? Was it a two-point shot? Um, Did this person get the shot off in time before the shot clock expired? And et cetera. Also up there, they had, um, I guess they consider it like their arcade section, where they had uh, NBA 2K where you could play on TV, and then they also had, um, I believe it's Papa Shot, where you get to just play that game over and over, and it would keep your stats. And then also uh, an interesting one where they had a, um, what, what's a slingshot. So you, you slingshot, I guess they're dodgeballs at basketball hoops, so you played for 60 seconds. Um, it's hard. It, it was very hard. It really was. It it looks a lot. It? Oh, it looks a lot easier than what it actually is. For sure, I felt like the 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 slingshots weren't lined up to the the rim. Right. Like, and there was you couldn't adjust it. You couldn't do anything. Um, did you say about the dunking? No, that was the. There's a that couple was more my things. Favorite. So there's a dunking um, also, section. Also, doesn't say about the full court thing. So. The dunk section is where you get to adjust the hoop on a touch screen from anywhere between, I think it was 7 feet and 10 feet. You can move it up and down and uh, perform different dunks of your choice. And I don't think it was working when we were there, but there's video cameras and cameras uh, attached to the basketball hoop that's supposed to take pictures and videos of you doing it. Right. So I was super bitter. So I guess when, when you start participating in an attraction you scan your magic band so that if there are videos or statistics or photos that are taken of you it automatically if you're a resort guest and you have a my disney experience account it automatically links to your account so that's why i recommend setting up the 
the thing at the personalization kiosks. But so it's fun because when you go to the dunking thing, it's like, okay, you're gonna get this video. And I'm pretty sure that my tongue was out. Like if we had a video, like my tongue was out for all of them. And when I was trying to dunk, I'm like, this is getting progressively more difficult. Like I'm not doing anything. Well, I turn around and somebody is increasing my uh, <laughs> basket height as I'm trying to dunk this basketball. Like nothing says I'm gonna rip my abdomen open, like trying to reach higher for a net that I didn't even know existed. So I was like, Nito, thanks, dear. Um, but it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. The only issue with it is that it's 30, with tax, it's like $37 a, a person per adult, which if you could spend more time there, right. I would be totally cool with it. Now I will say that you purchase a day pass. So you can come in, then you can leave and get something to eat, then you can come back and then you can do some more stuff and then you can leave again and then you can come back. Like you could be there yeah, literally you, all day if you, you wanted to. You could also do each event over and over and over if you wanted to. Um, I we, didn't think they were worth doing over and over and over. And that over. was what I was going to say. I think we did each each event once. I th- we did the slingshot thing twice. But other than that, we didn't do anything multiple times. Well, we did the dribbling thing. So there are different levels of dribbling Right, class. as you move along. And we kept doing like the different levels. But it's just like, it takes... I mean, they're seriously like minute to win at games. And it's, it's a lot of fun if you like the NBA or... If you have a child that likes to play basketball, if you get stuck at Disney Springs in the rain and you're wearing tennis shoes, totally something to do, like for sure. Um, My biggest thing was that we spent about an hour and like $76. So that was just annoying. Yeah, it was a lot of money for what it was. Yeah. So to like 70% of the people that I know, I would say I would not recommend to, to you. Um, but if you're a huge NBA fan or if you really money is no object to you, or if you play basketball, or, yeah. And if you just kind of want to do something that maybe you wouldn't get to do, like I know my dad loves basketball, but he'll never be able to dunk on a 10 foot hoop. Like maybe you make it a nine foot hoop and then he gets to feel cool for like five minutes. I don't know. I don't know. Nine feet. Nine and a half. Other way. Nine and three quarters. (laughs) So, um, it's neat, but that's definitely something that I think you need to take on a case-by-case basis, like, kind of like all the other things that we said, but yeah, that, that's definitely a more unique one for me. Uh, so we have officially been rambling for an hour and a half at this point. Yeah, if you, um, if you live in the Pittsburgh or Cleveland area, you could have flown to Disney. By now, almost getting close. If you listened to this at the start, yeah. So I hope that's what you're doing. That would be so fun. That'd be so great. Um, but I'm sure you're not doing that. Um, but if you are, I'm super jealous, and I'd like to come with you next time. So anything else? I, that wraps it up. Okay. Up well, hard. thank you for listening. I hope you learned some stuff about the D23 Expo and all the new and exciting things that are coming to Disney. As we learn more, we will be uh, sure to share it with you. And thank you for listening to all of our recaps. We hope that you take the information that we shared and find something that you enjoy doing and share it with your families. So, yep. I don't know what we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. We'll figure it out later. Talk to you later. Bye, guys.
For more information about booking your vacation, please send me an email at rachel at smallworldbigfun.com or sending me a message on my Facebook page, Rachel Tilvis, Small World Big Fun. Have a magical day!